Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Wednesday, January 22nd. 2020, live from New York, baby. Go Hockey Media Studios. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And without further ado, Mr. Know-It-All, Kevin Delury. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? You know, unlike our uh, New York Rangers, we are not slacking and taking off for like two weeks or whatever is going on. These guys aren't going to play till like March, I think, with this stupid bye week. Garbage that we got going these days. Well, we're maybe, here. We, maybe we should take off we're next dedicated. week anyway. <laughs> we are dedicated. We have a faithful following. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Thanks so much for tuning in. Oh, man. I tell you, buddy, I was just going to say, let's just take off the next couple of weeks. There's nothing to talk about, right? No, these guys are killing going on us. in Rangerland. Zero. <laughs> Boring. Well, well, here we are, buddy. 48 games in, all star break, nine days off. Before we get back at it with back-to-back games, home and home versus the Wings, 23-21-4 for 50 points, 10 points out of a wild card, 7th in the Metro, 24th in the league, and 13 points back of those amazing, incredible Icelanders who mm-hmm. whipped us up last night uh, with like 18 shots on goal or something. What the hell happened last night, buddy? Yeah, you know what I mean? You really can't kill the team that I mean, obviously they didn't play as well as the first two teams that they played against the Islanders. Kill them tonight, KD. What's that? Are you no, come on. I mean it's you hate when they lose to the Islanders, but like in the beginning of the month, we were worried they were gonna get swept. So for them to take two out of three, you know, I'm I'm very happy about. Obviously you win the first two, you get greedy and, and you want that third one, but you know, the Islanders, I, I hate to say it, oh, yeah, look, they're a good team. You know, for us to take two out of three, you know, against them, yeah, it shows that maybe this team is actually making a little progress here, uh, you know, going into the All-Star break. So, you know, it's not terrible. And again, they outshot them, you know, what was it, 42 to 18 or 42 to 22, whatever it was. Um, so, you know, you got to like, you know, a lot of that. I think recently there's, the Rangers have actually been out shooting their opponents, which is amazing. I don't think that happened at all in the beginning of the year. So, you know, I, I think you're tr- starting to see the team maybe turn a corner here, you know, maybe start to play a little bit better defensively. We talked about that last week that, you know, maybe they're getting used to um, this system that, that you know, our, our favorite defensive coach or whatever co- type of coach he is, Lindy Ruff, is is putting out there. And, you know, uh, despite the, the two losses in a row here, even the Columbus game, I thought they played well enough to win in that game. So, you know, despite the two losses, I still feel good about the team and the direction that they're going. And I've been saying it all year. It's not about wins and losses this year. 
It's about the development of the team and, and, and them going in the right direction. Good night, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed this portion of our our show. Come Dude, on, rainbows man. and rainbows and butterflies, my friend. Oh, rainbows man. and butterflies. Uh, Trust me. Once we start talking about all the trade rumors, I'm trading everybody. So don't worry, it's coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, the faithful will not accept. I told you they should have rode Georgie the whole way. They take him out of the game on Sunday. He gets a little soft coming back on Tuesday. I'm telling you, that's where he made his mistake. They would have won the game Sunday. They would have won last night. But no. I mean, I love Shesty. He's a great guy, great kid, great future and everything. But, man, I said, let's put five, six wins together. Let's close, close as we can. Ride Georgie all the way. And yeah, Coach Q but- let me down. He, he did it again. And now the kid's back down. And where's Hank? Where is he? What's Hank doing? Is he selling programs? What are we going on here? This goes back to what we were talking about last week, the goalie situation, uh, you know, where it's going and everything. It, what did it do? I told you. They brought this kid up to shake the team, and then they've, they've just kind of thrown him in and out and here, and they, they had a chance to ride Georgia here. He came in gangbusters. Oh, man. And now we're back. We're completely back to where we started, no matter how good they played the last two games in the losses. We're back to where we started with this thing, and I'm upset, buddy. Should have rode Georgia the whole way. Yeah, but again, and I guess you are trying to get me angry by bringing up this stupid <laughs> three goalie rotation garbage that that we're freaking dealing with. But yeah, I mean they couldn't ride Georgiev because they brought up Shostakin and he hadn't played since the New Jersey game, you know, which was like five weeks ago, whatever the heck the rotation is these days. And you know you had to put him in. I mean, what was the sense of calling him up if you were going to let him sit in the press box for? For two weeks, because God forbid you can't put Lundqvist up there. So you know, they Quinn had no choice but to put uh, Shestorkin in there against Columbus, which I obviously I have no problem with. I mean, the kid is here. You you might you got to play him. I mean, again, yes. why would you bring him down? Because so we can practice with a layer. Great, that that does nothing for him. But you know, I I calmed down a little bit today because apparently they sent uh, Shestorkin back down to Hartford during you know this the All Star break here to get a couple of you know game action but according to some of the reports out there he's still not going to participate in the AHL all-star game which means that he's coming right back up here uh once the all-star break is over and we'll we'll be back to the three-headed ridiculous monster garbage they had some mojo going man they had some mojo i remember i talked about it last week keep the yeah, pedal but you know, keep the like pedal said, going no, it's KD, about, come on. Can I be it's angry not about here? The Can mojo. I be angry it's not a, here? Yes, no, it is about the mojo. No, it's, if you're going to have a guy like Shestorkin up, you can't have him sitting in the press box for two weeks. Or, you know, it would be three weeks if you didn't get that, if if he didn't get the Blue Jackets game. I mean, why did he even bother bringing him up? If he's going to be up, you got to give him that game. And Georgiev was, you know, obviously the island to kill the first two games there and, and going back, in, back to last year. So, you know, you bring him back for the other island, the game. So... You know, you got to give Shestorkin work. Again, you know, it's nice that he's with Hilaire and he gets to talk to Lundqvist and, you know, all that good stuff, but he's still got to get game action. I, I get that it that it may have messed things up, but again, it's not like the Rangers played poorly in the Columbus game or this last island of the game. I mean, they outshot him by, you know, 20 shots. So, you know, and they had some bad luck in the island of the game. Again, I don't think they played particularly well despite outshooting him, you know, by that large margin, but you know, you had two deflected goals go in. You had the strong goal called back because he was off. The uh, Boston was offside. 
So, you know, they had some bad breaks, a couple of posts, and, you know, it happens. I don't think it really had anything to do with Yorkin going in against Columbus. Again, the Columbus game, you know, was a game they should have won. Unfortunately, my my man, my guy, Strom, decides instead of, you know, back-checking and skating as hard as he can into the zone to, to stop an odd man rush, he just decided he was too tired, you know, and went right off the ice. Um, and, and they lose on a late goal. I mean, that you know, that's un- – well, unfortunately, it shouldn't happen – Look, they it shouldn't happen to a veteran, but, you know, they were in that game. I mean, they, they played a good, solid defensive game. So, you know, again, I, I'm not going to be too upset about what, what went on there. Well, I'm upset, okay? Yeah. George, Georgie was in a groove. You know, Shesty had been out a couple of games. Georgie was riding the mojo there. We had the wave going. It was, it was, it was rocking and rolling. The, the hype going into that game against Columbus, as far as I'm concerned, you, you have your goalie who's stretched. He's warmed. He's ready to go. That's a good two points at home you want to try and get. You know, I just, to me, I, I'm, you know, just let me be angry about it, okay? Because you know what I was talking about <laughs> last week. I wanted them to ride Georgia. I wanted, they had a chance there to try and get five, six games. They're close to six games, maybe four or five games there. You know, and if it, you know, you figure the Islanders were going to come back and have a good game, uh, you know, against us at home after the, you know, the two losses and stuff, and uh, they were bouncing back with a couple of games in between. But you know, I was just like, come on, man, what was wrong with it? Because now to me, it's just like you know, it's it just it just it's like to me, it's a step backwards. You know, with the whole three goalie situation and everything else, and I guess you know we can rant and rave. The games are in the past; they lost. But here's the deal, KD. What's going on? What do you do with Hank now? What's the story? So do, do you think this all-star break, I mean, is that another reason they bring Shestia in on Sunday and now they send him back? You're telling me he's not going to be part of the all-star break because you think he's coming back? So do you think possibly here that, that Hank might be agreeing to, to be shipped out of here? What's your take on this now uh, as far as where the situation is? I can't imagine that this is sitting well with Lundqvist. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, the guy is a competitor. He's one of the most competitive athletes, you know, I've seen, you know, play team sports. I mean, the guy, you know, hates to lose, wants to always be playing. And, and uh, you know, for him to just be sitting on the sidelines. And I assume, look, he understands he's, you know, he's getting older and, and that kind of thing happens. But, you know, it's not like he was playing bad this year. He actually was playing very well. Um, and, and now it's, you know, he's not getting the work and, and he's always better when he has a lot of work. So now he's playing like once a month. So, you know, when you do put him in, he's probably going to struggle. So, you know, he has to be thinking in the back of his head, you know, maybe I, I should, or, or, you know, might be looking into potentially waiving his no move clause. I can't imagine that that's not going through his head right now. I know he wanted to do, you know, he wants to retire, you know, a ranger and, and, you know, he wanted to win here, but. You know, the reality is he's not going to win a cup here. He's just not. It's not happening this year, and it's not going to happen next year. So, you know, if he wants to sit on the bench and, and potentially next year if it does happen, you know, in the press box and play once a month and, you know, have at it and, and don't don't wave that, uh, you know, no-move clause and, and hang around and, and be a cheerleader, I guess. But, you know, if he wants that cup, there's a couple of, teams out there that I'm sure would be willing to bring him in. Obviously, the Rangers would probably have to eat some of his salary, half the salary, which is fine. I mean, it, it would still be a big win for the Rangers to clear out, you know, $4 million plus million. So I can't imagine that he is not thinking about it right now. I don't think that was the Rangers' plan. Like, let's bring up Chish York and the piss Lundquist off so he, you know, waves his no-move clause. But, 
you know, I, I, I just think it's the reality of the situation. You, you couldn't leave Shishjorkin down there for the rest of the year. He's been way too good. Georgiev is, is one of the better young goaltenders in the league the last two years. Um, you know, and you really hate, you know, and, and the obvious move, and everybody says, you know, the move is to trade Georgiev. And I've even said it on here. It's the easy move. It's the easy move to make is to trade Georgiev. But I don't know why you'd want to trade a young, cheap goaltender who's been who's shown he could have success in the NHL level. I mean, you know, they're not always easy to find. And I know we have two of them. And, and Shestjorkin, you know, in, in you know these two games or three games, he does look like the real deal. But, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have, you know, the best young goalie rotation in the NHL, you know, going forward in, in this rebuild. So, you know, if they could look to move Lundqvist, um, and, and Lundqvist agrees to it where he's just like, you know, I just can't stand playing once a month and just sitting on the bench and not feeling like a part of this team. And, you know, I only have a couple of more sort of at-bats here before my career is over to win a cup. You know, maybe he does look to go to a team. And, and obviously the, the one team that's circulating that, you know, Paulie and I were talking about before the before we got on the air is the Avalanche. And I've been talking about Lundqvist to the Avalanche, Paulie, you know, because I'm the big prognosticator here. Um, you know, since I think the first episode of this podcast, I've been saying Lundqvist to Colorado, you know, makes the most sense because their team is ready to win. And, yeah, their goaltending is is good, you know, but, you know, I don't think it's it's proven, um, you know, in, in the playoffs. So Lundqvist has a proven track record. He's gotten a team to the Cup, and I think he'd be the perfect fit, um, you know, the – to go to that avalanche team. And could you imagine his Paulie? Could you imagine a package deal of Kreider and Lundqvist to the avalanche? What the heck would that look like? Goodness. It all depends on what comes back to us. Uh, and, <laughs> and like I said, you, you, you did bring it up. I'm, I'm all on board for it. I, I think it's, you know, you know, I was mentioning that it's the best path for Hank, as far as I'm concerned to, to maybe get back to the finals, just because of the way the, uh, the Western Conference is pretty much kind of up for grabs. Obviously, St. Louis is playing pretty damn well, and there's a couple other teams. But this, the, you know, the monsters of the uh, you know the, the Western Conference, as far as you know, the big teams that have been there in the last few years are kind of they're all in disarray. Coaching changes, uh, you know, not putting the big points up that they did the last few years. You know, so I, I think it's a great move. I mean, look, it's uh, I think it's just time to drop or get off the pot here for the Rangers. I mean, this is I'm just gonna just get this off my chest i think let's uh let's get it done i you know in discussing colorado and and the trade i'm i'm okay i'm ready to let go here of hank and and let him go and you know if he does win a a stanley cup i don't think in, in you know in addition to the colorado avalanche fans new york ranger fans we we if we could we'd all get on the planes and we'd go to the parade too just to see him in that parade and and hoist the cup up so you know, I think something's got to give here one way or the other. It's it's just interesting how um, it was kind of quiet there. And like I said, Hank's been on the sideline. And, you know, the organization here, whether it was uh, intentional or whatever, just to, to ride, you know, let Georgie play a couple of games there and put Chesty in. And, and then, like I said, he's down there. And, again, where's Hank? What's the story now? What do you do? There's nine days of rest coming up, um, some practices or whatever they're going to do when they get back. And then, you know, they come back against Detroit. 
which for the love of God, they better get four points out of that weekend. The rest of the league is just chomping all over the Detroit Red Wings. So, uh, Red Wings, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm all for it. I-, I think they should let, you know, Hank go. I, I don't know where his mindset at. Nobody's going to know until the decision's made. I think you, when you, when you kind of, um, uh, you know, draw it out up there, like I said, they're, they're not going to win the cup this year. They're not going to win it next year. You know, does it help the organization? Does it help Hank to 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 be on the sideline on the bench? The guy's too good. He if he's definitely uh, winding down his career here the last year or two, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, the, the Ray Bork uh, playbook, Patrick Awah when he did it when he went out to Colorado. Anybody else, just go and 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 try and win a cup. We'll see what happens. And and maybe you're right. Maybe they will have to throw a guy like Kreider in there or Strom to um, get. How maybe- dare you? <laughs> well, I, you know, as, as great as Hank is, I mean, he is, you know, he's he's used goods, and I mean that in the kindest way. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is what we talked about too. I don't know how much or what you're going to get back. I mean, obviously- well, I, I I think in in a package deal, and and again, I, I don't know the, how realistic any of that actually is. But I, I think if you're going to package like a cry, if you assume that Kreider on his own can get you like a first round pick and a, and a top prospect similar to what he's got them. Obviously Lemieux, maybe Lemieux wasn't necessarily a top prospect in the Jets organization, but was at least a former first round pick. Um, you know, if, if that's what Kreider can get you, you know, a, a nice package like that, I wonder if you would take less of that where you could say, well, give me a first round pick and like, a lesser prospect or maybe a first round pick and like a fifth round pick, a fourth round pick. If you take Lundquist, you know, in that, in that package would, you know, would you be willing to take a lesser of a Kreider package, whatever you would get for that. If they would add Lundquist on you again, you'd probably have to eat some of the salary, but maybe you could make that as part of the trade too. Hey, take on his whole salary (laughs) and give us even less. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there, there could be some crazy, you know, scenarios that, that could go out there. Cause I think both Kreider and Lundquist thought would be perfect fits for Colorado. I think that they would both fit in real nice over there and, and could get them over the hump and, and really make them the favorite going into the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, so I, you know, who knows they, they could get, uh, you know, creative with this stuff and, and just so everybody who's listening knows, you know, Paulie and I aren't coming from, you know, the the hate like Lundquist crowd that's sort of out there that is just, you know, completely all over Lundquist and criticize him and don't think he was ever good or that his, you know, cap hit was ever worth it. You know, we recognize, you know, how great Lundquist has been over the years and that he was like literally the team and and uh, for, you know, a decade plus and that they would never have made uh, the postseason ever without him, let alone a Stanley Cup final. Um, so this is really nothing to do with with you know Lundqvist, uh, you know his past performance or his you know uh, that we have this sort of animosity towards him. It's just reality. You know, Father Time is undefeated. He's getting older. The salary cap is a reality, and uh, you know these are the tough decisions that organizations have to make. And we say it. A lot around here is when you make decision, emotional decisions about a player is usually when you get yourself in trouble. So I think the Rangers need to, you know, make uh, the right decision, you know, business wise here. And uh, really during this break, have a real conversation with Lundquist about, you know, uh, a potential trade here and that they're really not going to be playing him. Um 
and, and see if that's enough to entice him to do that. Yeah, well, I, look, you know, I think the other thing, too, is, you know, because I had said on the last show, too, hey, what's wrong with, you know, Shesty going back down and, and Hank and, and Georgie just riding out the rest of the season. The more of I think about it now, just stepping back, and especially with the way things are going right now, that's really probably not the, the healthiest thing for the organization. Um, because, you know, Hank's obviously his, his value right now is, is however good it is, it's, this is going to peak. I don't know if, um, you know, that's going to really kind of happen for him. And, and if he, if he is going to sit back and look for his own, uh, you know, selfish uh, situation, which is what, you know, a guy, uh, you know, what he's done and in, in the career that he's had, he should have a say in what he wants to do. I don't know if he turns around and says, hey, look, I ain't going. I want to stay here. I don't care about winning a cup. I'm not going anywhere. I want to finish this out. Um, that probably puts uh, J.D. And, and, and Gorton in a, in a tough situation in the organization. And he, has every, and he has every right to do that. It's in his contract. The Rangers put that in there, and he has every right to do that. So, you know, uh, I'm sure that won't go over, you know, well with, with some Ranger fans. But you know what? He's earned that. He's earned the right to have that no-movement clause, and I get it. If he really is just like, look, I have a you know family, and I don't want to move them, and I love New York, and I don't want to go anywhere. He's earned the right to do that. Um, you know, the other sort of wild card in in this is is obviously Georgiev being traded. I mean, you know, there could be teams out there that could be you know he's very good, but could be potentially overvaluing Georgiev and could come you know with just a ridiculous trade offer um, and and blow the Rangers away, where the Rangers are just like. We have no choice but to trade this guy if it's a top forward, um, you know, prospect or or a young forward who's already playing in the NHL, talented forward, um, and and maybe a pick. You know, the Rangers are, I think, organizationally pretty thin um, at the forward position. You know, depth wise, and as deep as they are uh, defensively. You know, I, I think you have to, move, despite everything I'm saying about having two young, cost effective. Um, goalies going forward. If you're just blown away, I think you have to do it um, and, and and bite the bullet and, and trade your give because you know because you do have Seth York and you and and we do have sort of an embarrassment of riches at the goaltending position, organizational wide wide as well. So you know if you are a, if you do end up trading your give, there is enough goaltending in the pipeline to make up for it. At least there should be. Look, no, you never know what's going to ultimately happen with these guys when they get to the NHL. But, you know, you do have enough there, I think, where you'd have one of these guys is going to be good. How about this, KD, and to everybody else out there listening? Why not trade Hank and Georgiev? Why not send <laughs> Hank out to Colorado? Maybe you bring Grubauer back here, and then maybe you send Georgie to the, the, the hot team or the younger team, like, say, the lease or something and get a boatload for Georgie, and get some good stuff for Hank, throw in Anderson, throw in Buchnevich, okay? And if you get a good solid backup or, or a, a 1-1-A goaltender, and then you bring, you know, Shesty up, and like I said, we do have the riches, or maybe we get another goalie prospect in return too, and we get a bunch of drafts. What's so crazy right now for the organization to trade both of these guys? Because if you trade Georgie, right? And then you're going to just deal with the fact that, all right, Hank's going to stick around here for the next two years, and that's it, and he's still going to ride the bench. And Because you, you, if you bring Shesh up, he's got to get the ice time. He's got to get the development. He has to play. So that still puts Hank on the bench, and that's a possible asset for the, for the team and the franchise to, to kind of cash in on, and that doesn't really help you out. 
So if the rebuild is really the big focus here, and we do have these these assets and the, you know uh, all this talent and everything right now, why not trade both of them? And then you're really in the driver's seat because you know what? If you're talking about trading Georgiev, go ahead get get the best for him. Get a stud back to help uh, you know the the offense out a little bit, or maybe we get a, another defenseman or something like that, and then get Hank out to the, the the team that's closest to the Stanley Cup. Get some draft picks back, and get a backup goaltender and stuff like that. Hey, buddy, I tell you what, man, listening to myself, I like that idea. I tell you what, everybody, this is the creative thinking <laughs> that brings you back our audience back every week. You want to go from the three headed monster. To the one-headed monster. Yes! Why <laughs> and you not? Know and you know who could be the backup goalie is Tony D'Angelo. Did you see those saves at the end of the game last night? He's I don't know. In there. Maybe you throw Tony in the package too. <laughs> I mean, if we're starting to start trading everybody, let's just get them all out of here. <laughs> <laughs> KD, let's do a complete rebuild of the rebuild. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think you're insane right now. <laughs> Buddy, I, I think, don't know. I think trading both of them. Uh, you know, we have I, nine days here. Why not? I, I don't. I. They may not be able to trade, or may not even want to trade any of them. And, and, and then, now you send two of them out the door, and then we lose Shesty in the in the expansion draft to Seattle. Well, th- <laughs> thankfully, he's exempt. Thankfully, <laughs> we can't we can't get too crazy there. He is exempt. But um, yeah, look. Th- <laughs> They're only trading one. If <laughs> if trade them all. <laughs> if <laughs> start if over. Even, all star break. Start over completely. New team. And and look, they and the reality is that they may not end up trading either one. Because they're not, and I said this last week, they're not just giving your giveaway. They're not. They're just not gonna give him away for, you know, a package of like a second round pick. And like a, a seventh round pick or whatever they could potentially get, you know, they're looking for a top end prospect or a big time pick. So they could trade deadline may come and go and the three goalie, three headed goalie monster may still be around and then things will get interesting. So, um, Trade best all case, three of them, <laughs> no, I think, look, the best, the best situation, you know, hopefully is that there's somehow there becomes a, a, a little bit of a bidding war for Georgiev and, and, and we can get a, a huge package for him and that would be great. Um, and you let Lundqvist just back, just jerking up and, 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 you know, let Hank ride off into the sunset you know, next, next year. And that, that's great. And we'd have additional forward prospects or whatever we can get from Georgiev. But, you know, if, you know, the packages isn't there, you know, I don't know. I think there might be some, some interesting talks between the Lundquist camp and, and Gordon and, and JD. And here's the other thing, buddy. They got to do it before somebody gets injured because if Hank gets hurt huh? or if Georgiev gets hurt, that's going to throw a big wrench in the whole plan. So, you know, Hank has how, how can Lundqvist get hurt? He doesn't play. They don't well, play. <laughs> all right. Well, he hasn't played in a month. I know. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, and then, and he's going to be out for you know they got a nine day break now. So think about that. So, man, put him in bubble wrap. <laughs> Unbelievable! I just wanted to end, man. I just want the end, man. Make it stop. This is, think, and this is the fun stuff, man. This is the fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, man. Um, 
trade them both. I think that'll be the best thing. <laughs> All right. Crazy. Well, you we'll are see crazy. What... No, I'm not, man. I, I bet you it happens. All right. I bet you another. If that, if that, another McKeg. You give me my McKeg jersey. I was going to say, I was, you read my mind. We've we've been doing this for way too long already. Goodness gracious. I was going to say, if that happens, you don't have to get finish off that McKeg jersey. <laughs> all right, buddy. Let's move on here. We'll see what happens. So, uh, do, do you really want to talk about Elias Anderson? Uh, no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who? What? Um, uh, I think so. I, I think that actually there was some, some news this week on it. Uh, Larry Brooks had, had mentioned that, uh, you know, for the last week or so that, uh, JD has actually been talking with Anderson and that things have quote unquote been thawing between the two sides. I, I assume that mean that's a good thing, um, that, uh, they've been talking and that doesn't necessarily mean Anderson is going to be back in a Ranger sweater like next week. It probably more likely means he's he, they're probably going to trade him. Yes, uh, but you know they they have been talking again. Anderson was on the ice practicing with some you know Z League <laughs> Swedish or uh, Sweden team, B League team or whatever. I don't even know what they call over there. I'm like tongue tied. From but, under you know, C. Some, some terrible team in Sweden is what I meant to say. So he's at least back on the ice from his broken feet or whatever the heck the report was a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> which, you know, a- apparently, you know, has healed or whatever. But, you know, look, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I-, I think that J.D. should reach out and, and-, and talk things out and-, and potentially get him back in the fold uh, for a number of reasons, trade value reasons. You know, I-, I still would like to give the kid a chance. He's still young and could turn it around. So I, I think it's good on J.D., uh, to reach out to him and, and try to mend fences here and, and see where we go with it. But um, most likely his future as a as a Ranger is is over. Um, and, and if we could potentially package him at the deadline with Georgiev or Longquist <laughs> or both. Or our, you, or our all-star Kreider. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and, and get a little extra by, by putting him in there. Uh, great, but... Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing that that the organization is is talking to Anderson. Um, you know, it shows a little maturity on our end. We did it with with Kratzoff and we got him back in the fold, and and uh, you know he's you know progressing down in um, in Hartford, and and it's going right, it's going well. So I think the call was was sort of justified and, and is now working out, and and it seems as though they're trying to do the same thing with Anderson. So I say kudos. Uh, to JD for being sort of the the bigger man here, and you know, I'm, there's been plenty of organizations that uh, you know try to hold their ground and you know on prospects who who walk away, but you know, JD maybe still sees something there, some potential with Anderson, and yeah, I'm happy to see it. Well, that's nice. Maybe a long Rainbow, flying... rainbows and yeah, butterflies, my yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I look, I agree with you, Trey. It, it probably just you know. Getting on the nicey nicey side again, so uh, and and that'll help Anderson out too, man. I mean, I that's that only benefits him if the kid still wants to play and if he still wants to play in the NHL. And if it's not going to work out with the Rangers, then yes, keep that line of communication open with JD. And if he's going to throw him in a package uh, with a trade deal, uh, you know, I'm all for that too. I think it's it's just smart hockey business to to do something like that. I mean, otherwise, you know. The whole process of drafting the kid and putting him through your system and everything else, and if he's just going to waste away over in Sweden, no matter what the you know the, the discontent is there or whatever the heck else, I mean, right now more than anything, you know, patch it up, get him back over here one way or the other in the HL, or like I said, get him to agree to to be a part of a trade. 
because maybe that's what's happening, man. You know, maybe the Rangers, you know, you look at these last two games and, uh, you know, as far as, you know, how the team has played, uh, granted, like I said, I'm busting chops. They didn't play all that bad again, you know, the last two games and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, maybe the, the team is kind of evaluating, uh, you know, where they're going. This is what J.D. and Gorton are paid to do. Uh, seeing how Quinn's kind of, you know, managing this team. And, and they saw some positive signs last week with the team bouncing back. A couple of losses, you know, a couple of points they, they should have definitely picked up as far as I'm concerned before the break, but they didn't. We move on. And, um, you know, maybe the wheels are turning. And the fact, like I said, uh, you know, Hank's been out of the picture another nine days here. Shesty going back down. Georgia, you have all this stuff going on. <laughs> like I said, just wanted to end KD. Well, and we haven't even. I want to know even... which jersey to buy, Kevin. <laughs> well, and we haven't really even gotten to the even tougher decisions that they're going to have to make it forward. I mean, we meant, you know, obviously we mentioned Kreider, Strom. We sort of joked around, but you know, they're going to have to make a decision on him. And Buchnevich, there's another guy that you know, does he have a future with this team? You know, it seems as though the fan base is just completely split on that guy. You know, you have half of them who are just calling him a. Uh, a lazy SOB who only wants to play half the time. And the other half is, is making every excuse in the book as to why he's, you know, one of the best players in the NHL. He just is having like tough luck or whatever. Hold on. What did you just say? He's I, one I of the say, best players saying, in the NHL. I, I wasn't saying that. I said, who said that? Yeah. I, the analytics crowd comes out and they give you every, you know, stat under the book as to why he's like one of the best players in the league. And obviously I'm being facetious. Um, well, but, let me you ask know, you, is 26 points in 48 games, is that good for you? Eight goals, 18 assists? No, not, it's not even close. I mean, I, I do agree that, you know, um, he does drive play when he's out there. I think he is a, a very good offensive player, but, you know, he's prone to taking plays off. He just is. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. He, he hasn't been able to finish this year. And that look, that's part of his skill level. And I get it's, you know, bad luck or, or whatever you want to whatever you want to say, but you know, it, there's also some skill to finishing as well. And he's, you know, shown, uh, you know, I don't think he's gotten over the 45 point plateau during his career yet. You know, he's had some injuries and he hasn't, you know, he's had some time on the fourth line and whatnot, but you know, look, I, I think the guy was a third round pick and you know, he's proving to be why he was a third round pick. I mean, he wasn't a first round pick. So, you know, the, those type of guys, you know, uh, you never, they're a bit of a mixed bag sometimes. The talent is there, which I think is the most frustrating part because you see it sometimes and you're like, wow, this guy has potentially, you know, elite level talent, but, you know, it, he is a, a bit frustrating at times. So, you know, if the Rangers were to move him um, at the deadline, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think he would turn around and become, you know, this 50 goal scorer suddenly. Um, but you know, I, I assume he's probably somebody who, uh, you know, could potentially be on the block for the Rangers if they don't really see a future with him or, or they could get a, a, a good package deal back or, or, um, you know, maybe want to package him with somebody as well. Where would this team be? Well, number 10, buddy. I mean, uh, you know, they, <laughs> we got a taste of that there with him not being in the lineup there on, on, on Tuesday. Hey, well, we outshot the Islanders by 20. What are you talking about? We don't need him. Trey Panarin at the deadline. You know what we would get for him? Bartender, cut him off. You want to trade both goalies. Yeah, well, that makes more sense, obviously, than trading Panarin with 68 points, you knucklehead. Uh, No more work for you, all right? Well, I mean, you know, 
Connor McStrom there is the only one close to him with 43 points. I mean, you just think about this. And then, uh, you know, Mika's got 39. Obviously, Mika missed a few games there, obviously. But uh, just goes to show you, uh, the Rangers definitely are going to need some offensive help here going forward. I mean, if we can talk about the system and we can talk about the the defense has played better, the, the shots on goal against has definitely come down. So and it's been consistent. It's pretty good. We've talked about you know them. They've been contributing offensively as well. So I you know I, I believe in this defensive core. The forwards, as I've said before, is interchangeable, and I think maybe the Rangers here are going to have to get interchangeable with all those shots on net and everything else. That's that you know that's one thing. The bottom line is is you know. The secondary scoring, which was going back and forth here. I mean, during the, 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 the little bit of a win streak they had there, it was kind of spread out a little bit. But, I mean, you take uh, Panarin out and you get to kind of see the reality of uh, a lot of guys in this team that really just aren't the big-time finishers that this team needs to kind of continue to grow. I mean, we've we patted these guys on the back. We've, we've all It's all been recorded. We can say, hey, look, they've got the talent. They've shown it. Uh, if they stay in the pack, they stay close, you know, um, they, they have a chance maybe to make the playoffs. But we're, if we're going to let that dream die, and <clears throat> some other teams are making some moves here so that, um, you know, the, the, we're falling a little behind now as far as the wild cards, con- wild cards concerned, you know, especially when you have Columbus and, and Philadelphia playing a lot better hockey too. So, I mean, there's, there's some reality stuff kicking in here. So, you know, I mean, we keep going back and forth with the trades, but I think this team right now, it, it's going to be a big part of it. And the Rangers might have to, you know, kind of look at this forward line and, and, and ship things out and see if they can get some other prospects and, and, and make a move. Hey, look, this is the big thing for me, KD, and I brought it up. I just I want to see just movement. I want to see, you know, uh, shifts. I want to see them going for it. I want to see consistency. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, DQ's been doing good here with the running the steady lines, and it was rolling. So, you know, Panarin doesn't play the other night. Obviously, it's, it's definitely he's a huge cog in this machine. And they play without it, and you're right, they did. They they still put a boatload of shots up, and, and they played well defensively. And, you know, like I said, it just didn't happen the other night. What are you going to do? But I think in the big picture, again, we're looking at this rebuild and, and, and where they're going to go forward, and especially how they're going to compete against, number one, the, the rest of the teams in the Metro division. Uh, so you got to look up, uh, you know, the other teams and their forward situation and their scoring and everything else, too. And I, I don't know how far off they are from it. There's obviously some seasoned veterans in, uh, on a couple of those other teams, especially locally here, and they're, they're kind of doing their own thing. Um, so, you know, the Rangers have this opportunity right now. And if, if things don't – I'm telling you, man, if they lose either one of those games against the Red Wings, man, I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> All right? I don't even know if there'll be a podcast after that weekend, okay? So there's the warning. But, um, you know, this is the thing. We've been just watching this kind of roller coaster go up and down here. But, you know, all this trade talk, all these prospects, you know, the looking at what we have and, and who's doing what and, and how things are playing out, I think from the net and defensively, we're doing okay. Now we've got to figure out where the goals are going to come from on a consistent basis and are these the guys that are going to do it. Uh, and if not, you know, let's go for it. Roll the goaltenders, trade everybody, get them all going, and, and and see what else happens. And the other thing, too, is, and I haven't done it yet, and, I, and I've been meaning to, but I'm real busy, is like, you know, as far as our, our crop down in the AHL, as far as forwards, um, who else can we bring up? Are there any other interchangeable parts right there? And uh, it'd be interesting. But, you know, like everything we talk about, KD, especially with the trades, I mean, you never know what you're going to get back. And I think the thing is right now, I think for fans and for me personally, and I think all of us, is just do something. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's just move forward and, and, and just see what we can get and kind of just throw things up in the air because 
I think down, if we're looking at the long term, team to make a playoff, team to make a run deep. We talked about this last week, too. Look at the forward lineup. Are these guys going to be uh, guys on the team right now that are going to help us steal a series or score a huge goal? So, yeah, I mean, with 42 shots on goal the other night, I mean, they didn't, they didn't put in the big goals. They didn't finish. You know, in a tight game against well, Columbus like that, they, the guys didn't come through at home to, to kind of, you know, you know, pull one out. That's when you're looking for it. You know, especially when you're when you're when you got your goaltending situation being shifted in and out there. You know, you're, you're looking for the offense to kind of come out and, and and help the squad out. Yeah, and I, and unfortunately, if they do end up being big time sellers at the trade deadline, where they do trade Kreider and they do trade Strom, I mean, that's only going to get worse. I mean, you know, it, it's gonna you're gonna see zero <laughs> secondary scoring most most likely with with those two gone. I mean. Look, you, you get some of the younger guys who would, would need to step up. Obviously, if Strom is traded away, you, you're bumping Heedle up. Maybe you're moving Howden back to center, and, and you see how that goes. But, you know, we really don't have anyone to sort of take Kreider's spot um, it, when he is gone. Maybe you bump Lemieux up, but he's not even close to being the talent that, that Chris Kreider is. Uh, but you could maybe use him as more of a net front presence on in in the top six again Lemieux really isn't a top six player but um you know you're really gonna miss those guys and I I wonder you know if they do decide look we don't want to pay Kreider you know that amount of money and and while Strom is gonna be a restricted free agent at the end of the year like who knows he may hold out for for more money and 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 you know who knows where that goes I mean they could so just go to arbitration with him. And we've discussed this on, on the podcast before and just get a one year deal deal and sort of kick the can down the road for another year. But you know, how does that help us long term um, with this rebuild? Because then next summer or during next trade deadline, you're, you're dealing with um, Strom as an unrestricted free agent. And we're sort of back, you know, at this point again. So does trading him make more sense, get in young assets, get him in the system and, uh, and, and get start developing them as well. My worry is if you do trade those guys, you know, does the rebuild last even longer? Um, because now you're bringing in a new crop of young guys that you have to wait on and develop. And how much longer is that going to take them? Um, and, and we had brought this up last time is that, you know, are you just going to be when when do you stop rebuilding? You know, is this the last deadline that that you sell off and say, look, now that's it. This is the last deadline. We're doing it. We got rid of Cryer. We got rid of Strom. You know, we're hoping that the young guys are going to step up and, and we'll get in the playoffs next year. And then from that from that point on, you know, we, we, we hope to be contending for a cup, getting to a conference final and, and that kind of thing. The one thing that could blow this whole rebuild up is is giving out the a, a bad contract to Kreider or a bad contract to Strom. Um, you know, another guy in the mix could be like a Tony D'Angelo. Um, you know, again, he's a restricted free agent too. Um, who's going to be look, He held out last summer. You know, he'd probably, if the Rangers aren't going to give him a huge raise, he's probably going to hold out again. You know, is he a guy that the Rangers could potentially with all the, the defensive prospects that we have, you know, is he a guy where they look at and say, you know, I just don't think we're going to be able to afford this guy. Um, going forward and, and or we don't want to give him this huge mega deal because it'll blow up in our face and it'll, it'll hurt the rebuild um, ultimately. So this is just a huge deadline for Gordon and J.D. Because, they, you know, they, they could make some some big mistakes here. But 
I uh, I think as far as for me, as far as the real, the more I've been looking at it, I think trading Kreider and Strom is uh, might be the way to go because giving them, you know, uh, these bigger contracts could come back to bite them. We've seen it happen. We saw it happen with Girardi. Saw it happen with Stahl. We're seeing it with Lundqvist now. So, you know, these long-term contracts with no-move clauses, they always come back to bite you. Um, so I, I hate to see that happen again and sort of at, at some point derail uh, the rebuild. Well, I, I tell you what, I got confidence in J.D. Uh, as far as working with Gordon. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to make any bad deals. Uh, J.D. had a pretty good uh, track record there with um, Yamo Kakalan in there in Columbus. And J.D. was a big part of um, a lot of the, you know, the top guys and a couple of guys still playing in St. Louis, too. So I, I think that that bodes well for uh, the Rangers, as far as I'm concerned, as far as an organization. I, th- I think the, the, the two guys we have at the top are, go- are going to make good decisions. Then they'd uh, have to trade. Then they'd have to trade Kreider because well, I, well, I he's going to be looking for a big deal. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think he I think he will get traded. I think he should get traded eventually, you know, depending, you know, where the team's at. So, you know, look, look, Kreitz is a good guy, man. Good player and stuff. I, I'm I'm not I'm not going to lose any sleep if Chris gets traded. I, OK. I, and I hear that. And, and the, the downside to that, as I mentioned, is that if you do trade him for picks and you do move on from Strom or whatever, I, I do. I think it I think it puts the rebuild back another year. Because you are now adding all these younger guys who have to replace those two guys. You know, do you have immediate guys to step in to sort of fill this sort of vacuum now with, with those two guys gone? I, I'm interested to see if it does. Well, you know, and you... it could be just it could be just you know one one step back and two step forward, which is which is great, and I guess ultimately what you'd want. Yeah, but when you know the, we also talked about look when you get signings like Truba and Panarin to come in here. Because we talked about this, too. We still don't know what's coming up down the road as far as uh, guys who are going to be available and who may want to come here. So as far as money and studs coming here to New York, um, there's still that that opportunity as well. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. the expansion draft is something that's going to be a reality here, too. So, you know, as far as maybe who you're going to hang on to, who you're going to get rid of, and, and who you're pro- pro- you know possibly going to lose, you know, and I'm not all up to speed on that in terms of um, – what everybody's got to give up and give away. And that might be something that, uh, you know, as far we are, look, this is a rebuilt team. So, I mean, that, that, that could be something we could look into in an episode coming up here, uh, you know, next couple of weeks. It's, it's kind of maybe do a mock, you know, situation there as far as, you know, where the Rangers would be as far as the expansion draft. Because obviously that affects, you know, all the teams across the league. But that's something, too, that the Rangers are going to have to think about as well, too. And that comes into what you're going to bring in. And, and, you know, so I don't know. Does it make sense for the Rangers to stand pat? And wait, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, because you're going to lose something that you maybe don't, you know, you know, you want to hold on to. You know, we I, I bring him up all the time. You know, Ke'Andre Miller, you know, how far, you know, we don't know if he's going to be able to skate right onto the team here. Um, but, you know, there's, like I said, there's so many different interchangeable parts here that's coming up down the road. So I guess when you talk about, you know, rebuilding the rebuild or whatever, you know, I think all of us here as fans, we, we might, you know, I've said it. We've said it here. We just probably have to just kind of accept that this is the way it's going to be. It's back and forth. We see the potential. And the, all these scenarios are great to talk about, I guess. You know, and it's, it's, it can kind of, you know, drive you a little crazy with the goaltending situation. But, you know, you start stripping back here and look at the lineup and say the goaltending situation, they do move on something, all right? Only one. 
Only one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about, you know, you got your anchor with Truba. You, you got, your, you know, in the back there, you got your anchor with Panera in the front. You know, you got Mika and stuff. And then the other guy I want to talk to about, too, is, is Capo. You know, I mean, where, where's your take on him, you know, and how he's kind of you know, uh, either fitting in or not fitting in. I mean, he's he hasn't really made a huge impact as far as since the opening night and, the you know, the excitement about him coming up here. But he's kind of – I know he's 18 and he's a young guy, but, you know, there's some other young studs that have come in and, you know, he was pretty much uh, hyped up here a little bit. But, you know, con- you know uh, pat on the back for playing well, young kid and everything. But he's not really – He's not really making a, a massive impact. He's not lighting up the the point sheet and stuff. What what's your take uh, as far as uh, you know Capo right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that this break is coming at a really good time for him. I mean, for him to sort of go home and reboot. What does that mean? That's what not what, mean? I, that what mean? does that mean? You want this guy to have rest? I want you to tell me what you think about his planty ice right now. I don't care about his couch time, buddy. <laughs> I think he's an 18-year-old <laughs> who's going through the trials and tribulations of becoming an NHL player. I mean, uh, he's from, you know, another country. He's 18 years old, and, and this is what happened. Sure, were we all expecting more? Yeah, I'm sure. We all were. Like and the I'm, Rangers' and, hospitality manager. What the hell's going <laughs> on here? I told you. Everyone tells me I carry their water, so <laughs> I'm just sort of. I don't want to disappoint anybody, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's but it's the reality. I, you know, I'm going to get angry at an 18 year old kid because he hasn't lived up to my unrealistic expectations. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's true. I, he is letting <laughs> you down. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, I should say your unrealistic expectations. <laughs> but you know, yes. I mean, obviously, we expected a little bit more from him and. Um, he's admitted that he's put too much pressure on himself this year and gotten in his own head. So, yeah, we'd all like him to score more. Right? What do you want me to do? This is this is what this year is for. It's for him to learn the ropes, to learn what it's about, to go through this this downtime. And if he doesn't put up a lot of points, it doesn't matter because his team isn't supposed to win. You know, I'd rather he be going through the trouble now than in two or three years when hopefully this team is contending for a cup. So let him let him sort of go through the growing pains, let them learn and let them, let them get better. Um, so again, where I was going with this Paulie before you really interrupted me was that this break is coming at a good time and he's going to go home, you know, reset, be with his family, you know, take a deep breath. Um, and then hopefully come back and, and, and just play hockey again. Don't, don't put pressure on himself. You know, coming back from this break, uh, you know the the expectations will be a lot lower than it were than they were at the beginning of the year. We're just hoping he could, um, you know, just play good, smart hockey for the rest of the season, and and hopefully the goals will come. I mean, he's a talented guy. You can see that the talent is there. He's a big guy. Um, he's got to start using his body a little bit more, be a little bit more physical out there, and uh, I, I think it'll work out for him. There's plenty of of top prospects or, or top draft picks over the years um, that struggled their first year, first couple of years, and, and have figured it out. So um, would I like to see more? Yes. Am I concerned? Not even a little bit about, you know, his future in this league. All right. So here's another question for you. 
Obviously, when they send number 18 to the rafters and they have Mark <laughs> Stallnight uh, at the Garden um, and his six points this season in 31 games, um, where does Mark play out in all this stuff that we've been talking about? I mean, obviously, he's he's um, he's not doing anything to get anybody upset right now, but um, what, what's your take on, on Mark's position in this, in this whole situation with, uh, you know, uh, trade talk and everything else? I mean, he's another guy, too. Do you think Mark would go somewhere? Do you throw uh, him no. in a package? He's, he's, uh, he's unmovable. He's untradeable. His contract is untradeable. <laughs> it is. Who would want? Why would you want him? Like, you know, even if the Rangers... Why do we got to get stuck with him, KD? Well, like, we were <laughs> dumb enough to, to give him that long-term contract. Um, and at this point, he only has a year left that, you know, I, you know, maybe you buy him out at the end of the year, you know, but you only have a year left. You might as well just, you know, bite the bullet for another year um, and, and I don't know, stick him in the press box and play him every once in a while and, and go from there. I mean, you know, these young guys, Andre Miller and... And, um, you know, Keen and all these other young guys, you know, there's no guarantee The defensemen take longer than forwards to sort of develop. So, you know, they may not just come in and, and light the world on fire and and, uh, you know, be the next Brian Leach, like, you know, next year. So you may need stall around, um, you know, to play some minutes next year if, if these guys don't come in and and impress right away where they need some time down in the AHL. So, you know, I, I think keeping him around is the way to go. I, I don't think he, he's not tradable. He's untradable. I, I just can't imagine that any team is looking at the Rangers roster and say, you know who we could use? Mark Stahl. It's just not, <laughs> it's, that's just not a conversation that's happening in front offices around the league. I'll take it's a just, bag of pucks. <laughs> I, it's not, he's not even worth that. But, you know, it's mean, do, Kevin. It's mean, <laughs> but it's reality. Um, but I do think that he's been playing better. I, I said last time, I think he's been a, a bit of a stabilizing force on the on the defense. And I think he's been one of the reasons that, you know, the Rangers defense has has been improving. I, I think he's been doing a very good job. But that doesn't mean, you know, suddenly teams are going to be like, you know, fighting each other for his services. Uh, you know, he he's found a bit of a of a good spot, you know, on this lineup and, uh, you know, next to D'Angelo. And he played well with D'Angelo last year. And, uh, you know, I, I think he'll – look, his cap hit is really hampers the Rangers in, you know, in signing guys like, you know, Kreider or Strom or D'Angelo. Um, but, you know, we have him. It is what it is. You know, the uh, again, the only other option is if they do decide, you know, to buy him out. And then, you know, I think that they would have – Obviously, the salary would be less, but they would have it for a, another year, but at a much lower rate. So, look, if that's what they want to do, and uh, that that may be the direction that they go in, um, but that won't be done till the summer. I say, let him. He only needs 129 games to get to a thousand games, there, KD. So maybe uh, that's that's how many games he has left with us, and then uh, we'll have Mark. Stone you really want to destroy this rebuild, don't you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm just, I'm just now. I'm just thinking, you know, let's have Mark Stall night. Let's shoot number eighteen. Put that's fine. Next... We could, we could, we could have Mark Stall night in like three years. That's fine. You know, whenever <laughs> they want to do it, <laughs> we oh, bring man. those guys back to do. We brought Girardi back this year. He did the, he did the face off, and you know, all that nice fun stuff, and and whatever we can do that. Well, for Stall you know, you bring Girardi gone. up. I mean, look, that's obviously where Mark's going. He's going to Tampa Bay, right? 
<laughs> That's fine. Look, if if somehow Gordon can pull that, you know, out of his, you know what, I will name him GM of the year. So, <laughs> but that that my friend does not happen. There, there, actually, there's a less chance of that happening than the Rangers trading both two goaltenders. <laughs> oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, man. Oh man. <laughs> So, look, man, All-Star break's coming up. Uh, Got to talk real quick about our All-Star, who's now not going to the All-Star game. It would have been great. But uh, your thoughts here on Mr. Panarin, obviously, just wrapping up the first half of the season here. I mean, he's been uh, money in the bank, just a, a fantastic, uh, obviously, production on the ice and player and everything, but also just a, a great character and personality off the ice, uh, positive all around. Uh, he's, You know, the other thing I like about Panarin, too, he takes a beating out there, too, and uh, he stays in the fight. So uh, that's some good stuff. So uh, I'd love to get your take on on just, you know, when you heard the deal that we got him and, and now actually getting to see him play here for uh, almost 50 games and, and the 68 points. I mean, you, you got to figure he's going to have a 100-point season here, which is absolutely unbelievable. And I, I can't remember, and, and I'm, I'm hoping, KD, you know, uh, who's the last 100-point guy we've had on the team? Oh, I have no idea. See? Hmm. But what do you think? What do you think about uh, Panarin's uh, impact here with the New York Rangers? And yeah, we the the Rangers would be the Red Wings right now without Panarin. I mean, it wouldn't even be close. We'd be fighting them, and and maybe we'd be better off without him because we get the first round pick. What's the name? What's the name <laughs> of the guy? LaPierre, Le, Le whatever the top guy is next. I don't even know what the guy's name is. But um, yeah, I mean, he's been everything more. To be honest, yeah, obviously I knew he was a very talented player, but I never realized he was this good, you know, because you just obviously never watch him on a nightly basis, um, you know, in Columbus or with, uh, you know, Chicago. Um, so he's he is a talent. I mean, he makes everybody around him better. I mean, goodness, he's turned, you know, Ryan Strom into a, <laughs> you know, a productive player. Dynamo. But I, I kid. I kid. I kid. <laughs> um, but, uh you know, it, anybody that, uh, you know, he is playing with, he is going to, you know, help them put up points and, and, and help, you know, this team. So he, he is not only what, what makes him a great player is that not only is he doing great things to, you know, score for himself, is that he makes everybody around him better, um, which, which is, uh, you know, the ultimate um, of, of what a great player is. It's not only, you know, the things that you do, it's it's how you make everybody around you better. So he's been fantastic. He should, he should potentially be, I look, you hear him as being a potential like heart trophy candidate and he deserves that he's on a bad team. Um, and, and it's hard to win that trophy when you're on a bad team. Um, but you know, his, his name should be up there because this team would, you know, they're, what are they? 10 points out now? They'd be 30 points out now. Like I said, they'd be in Red Wings territory now, you know, <laughs> without him. So, I love him, and, and like you said, everything else about him, just his personality, and he's embracing New York, and he's got the Rockettes leg kick, and you know all that fun stuff. It, it's great, you know. He's embrace, he's come here and, and embraced what's going on here um, with the rebuild. It, you know, you never hear a bad thing out of his mouth about, you know, maybe I made a mistake coming here, and you know, I uh, wishing they'd be winning more games. I think he gets what this organization is trying to do. He wants to be a part of it, and and uh, and that makes you love him even more. No, nah, no doubt about it. Uh, it's all good stuff, and it's it's great to know that uh, he's going to be hanging around here for a long time. So, uh, 
uh, it's just great to have a, a player of that impact back on the ranges. And I think that bodes well for the future of us getting, you know, some other studs coming in here down the road, man. So, because he's having a blast, you know, and, and within this system, this young team, uh, in, in a tough division and uh, conference and everything else. Uh, I mean, obviously he's been playing with uh, CBJ for the last few years and very familiar with it, but um, uh, that's no... Uh, you know, small feet there with the uh, 68 points and, and carrying a team on his shoulders pretty much offensively. So it's uh, it, it's definitely great to see and love to love having him here. Love the bread man. It's all good stuff. So KD, let me ask you this: uh, as we before we wrap things up here uh, quickly, we, it's the All Star break. Number one, because um, obviously we we haven't done any shows prior to this year. Um, what do you think about the uh, the current All Star format? And uh, do you have a favorite past All Star game memory? Um, now, not just honest. Rangers, just general NHL. I'm going to be honest. I don't like what they do now. I barely even watch it anymore. I'm going to be honest with you, Paulie. I don't even watch the all-star game anymore. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to watch it, but I just think with, you know, all the games being on TV all the time and, and just the, uh, everything on social media and be able to watch highlights left and right, it, it sort of takes away you know, being, you know, seeing all those guys playing together. So I barely even watch. I mean, you know, I, I liked it better in the days when it was sort of the Campbells and the whales and you know, they had the black and, and orange jerseys with the, you know, the NHL logo, you know, on the front there. And, and, you know, you had, you know, Messier and Lemieux going up, uh, Messier and uh, I'm sorry, Gretzky going up against Lemieux and, and that kind of thing. And I, I, I just don't get into it anymore. And I think that's a problem. You know, with all the sports leagues, I, I think the all-star games are, you know, you saw baseball, they're doing, you know, they tried to bring some attention to it that, you know, the winning team gets, you know, home field advantage in the World Series and that kind of thing. I I just, even the, the uh, skills competition, I, I couldn't wait for that when I was a kid. Now, I could care less. I, I, I couldn't care less. I, I don't remember the last time I've actually sat down and watched it, Paulie, to be honest with you. Um, I, I just don't care anymore. It just, uh, I'm just not interested in it anymore. I don't know if that's just me becoming an old fogey or it's, you know, it's just not the same as it used to be just seeing these guys so often now. It just, you know, I, it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. I don't know what it is again. Maybe it's just me being older and, and maybe the younger kids are, you still really get into it. I think it, you know, the all-star game sort of jumped the shark when they were doing all those sort of fancy breakaway skill competition things. And, you know, Ovechkin's coming out there with the weird hat on and, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. I, I just was more into just, you know, the skills competition as it was and, and enjoying this, you know, w- what these players brought to the table. So, you know, I, I hate to be such a downer on it. I really do <laughs> because I used to love it. I, I did. Like I said, I, I, I made it a point to watch every year. And I really got into the skills competition super excited about it you know you know watching you know mike gartner in in the fastest uh skate competition ally afraidy and in the hardest shot competition you know the breakaway competitions were always great mike richter was just always phenomenal in 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 those breakaway competitions um and 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 but to me i i watch i just can't get into it anymore i know what it is um as far as great all-star memory when i was younger i guess I always like the the Owen Nolan yes! point, pointing to the net and then too, scoring. Man. That that's that is just a a great 
uh, all-star memory that, that, uh, you know, I really enjoyed also, you know, the 94, um, all-star game. I think Richter won the MVP that year in the all-star game. I, I, you know, that was a, a great memory of, uh, the all-star games as well. Yeah, no, they, look, you, you mentioned Al Iafredi, uh, one of my favorite guys, uh, during the years, um, you know, he always had the hardest shot there too. And, uh, yeah, Owen Nolan, uh, uh against Hasek there in that, uh, yeah. in that game, 1997, buddy. Woo. Long time ago in a galaxy far away. <laughs> yeah, and that year, uh, 94, yeah, I mean, that was that was a big year for, obviously, the Rangers and, and Richter and then the, the the World Cup, too, you know, with uh, the U.S. Do, you, do you agree with me, though, with the All-Star thing? Are you as into it as you were when you were younger? I mean, do you think it's fallen off a bit where they're doing, you know, these – they did the young guns versus the, you know, the world versus the this, and, you know, now you, you – you know, are, are you into it, you know – no, I'm I'm like you, man. Look, I mean, like I said, it's it's generational, I guess. You know, it's old school for us because you know it was different back then. I I just like the you know you took the game for what it was. You know, they were just they weren't going to touch any each other and stuff. Just go out there, play and and rack up the goals, and everybody would guess how many goals they're going to score. And and I think it was more more of a focus on the personalities of the game at the time, which you know back in the the late '80s and the '90s. I mean, that was a huge part of it. And you think of the skill set back then of all the the huge megastars. You know, starting with Greg and Lemieux and everything else, and then you could just go on, you know, the whole Edmonton roster and and uh, and up and down between Montreal and, and and everything else and stuff like that in terms of former Canadian teams. You know, the teams that were, you know, in the mix of it back then. You know, so I mean, you, you think of uh, the old, uh, you know, the Whalers and Quebec and all those old jerseys and all those old players being part of it. And that's you know, that's what we grew up with. I think more than anything today. Uh, you know, whether they're trying to fight for ratings or mixing it up because obviously they were getting boring. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't have anything against what they're doing these days because, like I said, it's it's more developing for, uh, you know, whatever. It's just modern-day NHL. They're mixing it up. I think there's a lot of people that do enjoy it. I don't – I used to – I was just exactly – you know, like I said – just how you were describing it. I used to really look forward to it. I used to make a, a weekend out of it, and it was that, that day had to be blocked off watching the All Star game. Just couldn't wait because more than anything, buddy, just being a huge hockey fan, you just couldn't wait to see your favorite players all in the same place. Um, that still happens today, um, but you know we're older now, we're busier now, we're doing different things, and you know uh, as far as you know blocking out the day for um, the All Star game, it's not really a uh, high priority for me. I'm a, I love the Winter Classic, and I, I think the the Classic this year was just phenomenal. They, you know, um, you know it, it's just always a great thing. It doesn't matter really where. It's great that they mixed it up, brought two t- two different teams in. I think that was huge for me. I think the Detroit Toronto. Um, uh, went to Classic 2 at the Big House. It was awesome as well. So I think if the NHL keeps that theme, and I think that was the test this year as far as using different teams in the Classic, I think if they can keep doing that mold so we don't have to keep seeing the Bruins and the Blackhawks and the Penguins, and um, that'll be a great mix, and, and they, they showed the success. And I'm only bringing that up because as, as compared to getting psyched for the All-Star game, not as much, you know. But, uh, look, they're having a blast, you know, um, and, and that's what it is. But I'm, I'm with you with those memories. See, I don't, I don't really have any memories that stand out over any recent um, All-Star games over the last few years, outside of the fact, like I said, it's just the system, the three-on-three, the different yeah, teams. You know what, you know what the, big, the biggest memory of the All-Star game now is the, who was the guy who got voted in, uh, the, the enforcer guy, oh, and then he scored right. a hat trick yeah, in yeah, the yeah. – uh, well, who was that? What was that guy's name? <sighs> I uh, have to look it up here. J- John something or yeah, – I know who you're talking about. Like, it was that, the enforcer that, guy that they put in there. It was a great yeah. story. Yeah, it was a lot of yeah. fun. 
like that that's the only thing that i could i'm with you like that i could remember of an old song because i barely even watch anymore and like you said, it's just different. Like if I want to watch Connor, you know, McDavid now, I, I could watch highlights of him whenever I want. You know, you as a hockey fan, when we were younger, you, you rarely got to see Wayne Gretzky. Yep. You know, you saw him a couple of times. He, you know, played the Rangers or, you know, if you really wanted to watch him when when he played the Islanders, you could watch him on TV. Um, but those are the only times you saw him play. And then you had the All-Star game. So you, that was your other chance to watch Gretzky and Messier. Uh, obviously, we saw Lemieux more because he was on the Penguins. But, um, you know, those Western Conference players like Alani McDonald and, you know, those type of players, you know, those were the times you got to see him was in was in those skill competitions in the All-Star game. And now you see them all the time or you can see him whenever you want. Again, if if I hear about a Connor, you know, McDavid highlight reel, I, I could just go on to YouTube and watch watch him for days. No, you're you absolutely right. You couldn't do that back then. It sort of takes away, you know, that. And look, that's just the way it is. That's the way reality is. It's the same thing with the NBA All-Star game. I mean, when we were kids, the slam dunk competition was it. Like, yep. there were parties. Like, I would go. I remember being going to parties in, like, middle school. You know, we would all get together, you know, to watch that thing. And now, again, I haven't watched a slam dunk contest in years. It just doesn't appeal to me at all you don't have the best players in it anymore and even if they were you know again you, you get to see them all the time it just it's just not the same you know as it used to be unfortunately and and again i know the young our younger crowd is probably like okay boomer or whatever the heck the stupid <laughs> saying is you know that that the young people say right now but you know it just is and and trust me you young millennials who are listening, this will be you in like 40 years. You'll be saying the same thing, whatever it is, 30 years. Yes. Um, but uh, it's just the way it is. It's part of growing up and, and things are different. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it's just not the same. It doesn't have that, you know, special uh, feeling that, that it used to. I agree, pal. And yes, the one day these millennials will look back and they'll say, where were you when the Rangers <laughs> traded Lundqvist and Georgiev? <laughs> same week. <laughs> Hey, hey, buddy, I know we're going a little over tonight, and this is great stuff. So I, I wanted to bring this up before we do the uh, Katie uh, Rangers Man Crush of the Week to close out the show. I, I did want to ask you, um, half the, you know, halfway point of the season here, uh, give me a grade on uh, Coach Q here, you know, ABCD, and, and maybe just a comment in terms of um, uh, what you've seen from him this year and, and, and your feeling going to the second half. Um, I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Um, yeah, I, I – I mean, I do like the direction of the team, and I, I, I think there's been some good some players that are developing nicely. Heedle and and Fox and Lindgren has been very good, and Georgiev, and um, so there's been a lot of positives. And I do think that the rebuild is 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 on target now. I like I mentioned, it seems as though the team turned a corner defensively, probably you know in the middle of December where you started seeing that they were playing better. I mean, not great. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're they're a, a, a very good defensive unit now. I mean, you know, they're, but they're, they are progressing. I think the team as a whole is is progressing. I think they're playing better hockey now than they were at the beginning of the year. They just are. Um, I, do, I do have some issues that the team is a bit undisciplined. And I know that they're young, so there's going to be some inconsistencies there. But I don't think Quinn helps when he was changing the lineups left and right. You know, at the beginning of the year, I think he found a little bit of stability here and a little consistency with the lines. And not shockingly, the Rangers have been playing better. And we talked about that last week. 
Um, I also think that there is some issues with Quinn and, and we've discussed this as well with, you know, how he disciplined some of his players. You saw the other night that he um, uh, moved Buchnevich down in the lineup uh, because of how he was playing. He had a couple of costly turnovers, and that's fine. If you're going to bench players, that's fine. But at the same time, he didn't bench Strome for that just god-awful change at the end of the Columbus game. And, and then he took a terrible offensive zone penalty in the first period against the Islanders that led to the Islanders' first goal. And, uh, you know, Strom was right back out there. And, I, and you know me, I'm a huge Strom fan. But I think there has to be some consistency in how Quinn is disciplining the team. Um, so I, I do have some issues with that. So, you know, overall, I, I loved, I still love the direction of the team. Um, and, but I, I do have some issues with Quinn with the, with the constant line juggling, which he seems to have rectified here. Um, and, and some of the disciplinary um, actions that he's taken this year. So I give him a B minus. Um, I, I think there's a lot of growing he still has to do as a head coach. He's only in, you know, he's only been in the NHL for a year and a half. I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't expect him to be, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, by now. I mean, that's going to take a little while. So um, I, I do like the way he's going with the team. And, and I, I think he should be, you know, given time to to, to figure this out with the team. So that's, that's- where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's a, that's a pretty uh, pretty good fair um, rundown on on Coach Q. Um, I think I think most people would have to sit here and kind of uh, agree with you, pal, because it's um, like I said, he is second year. I don't know if a lot of people agree with me. I see well, plenty of plenty. Well, no. of, I'm sure there'd be plenty of F's out there, but well, you know, those are just you know, I mean, you 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 just those. I'm not going to say those fans. We're all fans together, but I mean, every look. I, I've been, you know, yelling up and down sometimes against Q2. But like I said, he did. He did adjust. I, I'll give him a B because he made the adjustments. He kept with the consistency. I'm upset that he didn't ride Georgie the whole way, but I, I think that's for there's something bigger going on there, and I think we're going to find out after the All Star break, and that's a lot of the stuff we talked about. Um, but um, he's he's a good solid guy. And, and I do like him, and, and I think, you know, my thing was was to keep us from going into a tailspin. Uh, the team is playing for him. So I think that aspect that we were kind of concerned about with, uh, a little bit is uh, we don't, I don't think we have to worry about that too much. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about in terms of the, the, skill, the skill set of some of these players, um, you know, the fact that, the, you know, they're, you know Im- the immaturity and, and just their young age and everything else. And then, you know, the, the, the two big guys coming in here, obviously, Panarin. I mean, yeah, Panarin and Truba, uh, different system and everything else. And I think Quinn himself has, you know, the system was, you know, what kind of system it was. And it's gotten better. And you know the shots on goal against has come down, and we and we see uh, a little more attack going in there, and, and that maybe just has to get into uh, uh, the guy which which has been duly noted by you know fans, us, uh, their top riders and stuff like that about these guys. You know there was a point there like uh, for a while that the guys weren't shooting, so now at least they're shooting, and and hopefully the next hump they can get over here in the second half of the season is to put more pucks in the net, uh, and and that all hasn't been all that bad really to be honest with you too because they. The guys have been putting some pucks in the net, and it's been spread around a little bit. So um, I'm kind of happy with the direction the team is going. I like the way that uh, Quinn's kind of reined things in here a little bit, and, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the system developing. And, uh, you know, once this goaltending situation gets straightened out and we find out what's going on on the other side in, front, in terms of trades and everything else on the, on the other side of it, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, Coach Q is doing a good job, and um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, him down the road long-term 
It's like anything else, KD. You you give a coach the assets and the firepower and you know the the, the full power of a debt state, you know, debt star or whatever. Um, that's when you're really going to find out uh, his true metal. So he's he's mulling through the rebuild and the changes and and obviously getting used to uh, coaching in in the greatest league in the world. And and he's he's doing an all right job. And and uh, like I said, it is a rebuild. It's a young team, and 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 they're doing okay. So it's all good stuff there. All right, buddy. So look, let's uh, let's wind this this show up here. This is episode 16. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in and and supporting us on the archives. We really appreciate it. We're having a blast here. Um, but KD, have you got the KD Rangers Man Crush of the Week for us? Sure. You know what? I'm going to give my Man Crush of the Week to the entire Rangers team for, and I'm going to get into it here, for beating the Islanders the first two games. Because what that allowed last week was for my seven-year-old son <laughs> to go to school wearing his Ranger jersey and be able to give it back to the Islander fans who had given him crap all year about how good the Islanders were and how terrible the Rangers were. And just for that one week last week, the Rangers allowed my son to hold his head up high wearing his Ranger jersey and criticize some of his Islander fan buddies (laughs) at school. So my man crush of the week, but giving my son a fun week of ripping on his friends <laughs> is the entire Rangers team for taking the first two games against the Islanders last week. Bravo. That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's great to see. I think the rivalry's uh pretty good and uh, it's great to see. And I think there's a lot of uh, parents like yourself, uh, you know, around Rangerland that would definitely enjoy that too. So uh, that's great, man. Good stuff. So, uh, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, these guys just got to keep going and we'll, we'll keep plugging away as we do here. And, uh, We'll be back next. Are we going to take a break, KD, or are we coming back next week? What are we going to talk about? Hell no. What are we, the Rangers taking a bye week? I don't think so. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. Trading all three goalies. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) All right, KD, great stuff as always. Say goodbye to the folks, buddy. Goodbye, folks. Thanks so much once again for tuning in to Go Rangers Radio. And once again, enjoy the all-star break. Panarin gets some rest. Trade everybody. We'll see you on the other side. And as always, let's go Rangers!